Oh no. I, I thought they were doing submarine coverage. Now I'm stuck on killer families. Oh, this is sinister siblings on headline news right now. So I just I'm kind of intrigued by this story. Oh, here we go. Medical team and hyperbaric chamber on scene in Titanic submersible rescue attempt. Wouldn't it be an incredible story if they saved them? Yeah. It'd make me feel a little bit better about that trip I have. No, I'm just kidding. It does crack me up, though, now looking at the CBS piece that made the rounds by how shoddy the safety and security around it truly was. I mean, they're just... For billionaires. For billionaires. Oh, man. Here's my Xbox controller. Once we steer the... Is that real, that it was a $30 it, controller? It can't be. There's, There's got to be more to it. I, I'm still shocked. I mean, by maybe the that's lack all of, you need. I guess I don't know. I'm shocked by the lack of a tracking device. It's also kind of funny how short a seven mile trip seems to me, or two, two, two to six, three to seven mile trip seems to me in the car, but how massive it is whenever you're just talking about the scope of it oh, in yeah. the water in the ocean. Yeah, it's like say, seven miles away. I t- turn on maps, and you're like, oh, in the ocean. There's like no, no roadways or anything. Just Horribly tragic story. And, yes, I'm all in on it, so we're keeping tabs on it as we speak. Uh, in the meantime, a lot of really good stuff on the text line. I brought up off the top of this show, it's going to be a lot of Jordy content. She's making the rounds. And I am – oh, did they really? Oof. Anyway, back to the point. I'm not, I'm not getting bam, either bamboozled or distracted by the text line right now. I'm even closing my own personal computer. But I had brought up – that there's going to be some Jordy content coming out. Athletic is doing a massive piece. Uh, she's doing talk shows all over Nebraska. She's having, a, I think it's tomorrow. No, Saturday. Saturday, she's doing like a live podcast at the College World Series for one of her, you know, new sponsors. And it's just, I know how sometimes fans can take certain things and as defensive and protective and understandably so as we are about the way that. OU softball is kind of projected and perceived. Jordy made it very clear to a couple people that she talked to that she had no ill will and nothing negative to say about the University of Oklahoma. So any of this that's taken like that should not be. Would be taken out of context. Right, and and, and I think even the whole point was that's not the intent of anything that I said. I, I And like I said, I don't think Mitch would mind me saying this, but – like he told me, he's like, hey, she wanted to they, – they reached out and wanted to make sure that, you know, nothing in this was bashing or negative towards her time or her experience at Oklahoma. So basically, they they doubled back. They made sure. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I, I think all of us have had those situations where it's either you send a text and you're like, ah, it seems a little vague, and when you follow up with a call – like, they followed up with a call, I think, is is one good way to put it. Right. They had a conversation, but then it was, if you took it like that, just, just not saying you would, if you did, that's not what was meant. And I'll add one more thing. I think we started to get to this earlier, and I don't know if I paid it off, but someone said, follow the money. It's all about – it's always about the money. There was no NIL deal that Jordy, you know, had luring her to Nebraska. There wasn't. 
And I know there's somebody like, yeah, right, just wait till the bag man drops. No, I mean, there, there really wasn't. She wanted to go home. This is what – remember how we had to fight for the longest time, Josh? Telling people, no, Bob Stoops wanted to retire, right? It's one of the all-time great fights that we've uh, had. A, I don't know. Right? It seems like there's something there. Still to this day, I'll have people that are like, what's really going on there? I'm like, Bob Stoops wanted to retire. <laughs> he was uh, – didn't want to be coaching football anymore. Have you seen Coach Stoop since he retired? My man is living his best life, and I'm happy for him, and I love to see it. And he brings me joy every time I see him, man. And he won a championship, for goodness sakes, in the XFL. And he's, and he's loving it. His wife's having a blast. They're, they're, they're everywhere. Playing life, golf. Life is great. Life is good. And inevitably, there's someone that would still be, I just don't know, man. There's got to be something else there. So that's what the other great fight, of course, was convincing someone that Oklahoma State had won the game. But of the two great fights that we've had, in all seriousness, one, it, it's pushing back against the something else going on there, Bob Stoops. I don't know. I, I just don't understand it. I kind of feel like we're going to be fighting that fight, at least on the peripheral, Josh, when it comes to the reasons why Jordy Ball isn't an Oklahoma Sooner anymore. Well, I just there's got to be something more to it. They paid her. Nah, they actually really didn't. And, in fact, I had reached out to educate myself because, all right, Pull back one degree. For those of you that say, tired of hearing about it with Jordy Ball. Okay, let me bring it to you from this perspective. What happened to the NIL deal she had here at Oklahoma? You know, Overhead Door, great partner of ours and great partner of the Sooners Radio Network. By the way, Overhead Door, we might need a collusion. <laughs> oh, I, so I need a rooster man. I need a cat person. Um, I need a uh, philosopher, I guess, in a lot of ways. What else? I, did I mention a cat person? I need a college baseball person that wants to talk. But now I guess I could also add that to the, the list of people that I need. Jeez, please. But I just, there's not going to be more to this story. There's just not. And I know that we always want to dig and find something more, but there's just, there's not going to be more to this story. I don't know. Have I, Josh, have I said it enough? There's not going to be more to this story? But come on, there's something else to it, right? There's not going to be more to this story. Uh, so here's a few quick texts on it. But my, my point is, what, what happens to those NIL deals? So does overhead I mean, door... I imagine that they're done. Right? I mean, do they do they have branches in Nebraska where they follow her there? What, what about some of the... I mean, I don't know how the, the, the payments of it work. Not from, obviously, a, don't care about the, the, the partnership side. I'm just saying from those collectives that they're members of. Like, are those, you know, every month? Are they... You know, does this is this something where she's already been paid for either quote work that hasn't been done, or you know, is there a way to recoup something? I don't. I'm just. This is a part of the NIL to where when you are a known entity with a lot of support around you already, you know what happens to those partnerships you left in the past. Caleb Williams didn't have a ton. I think there was what one major kind of sponsorship he had when he was here, but he wasn't the NIL machine yet that he has become at USC, right? He was on the cusp of it. I mean, I think everyone was ready to pour in and invest if he wanted to say, I'm in. But he decided not to do that. So I'm just trying to think of comparisons and and experiences where somebody that has some draw, that has some pool, that has a little juice, uh, Josh, what it means when they leave to those deals that they have on an NIL front. What happens with those? Well, we'd have to get in touch with the folks that – are signing those NIL yeah. deals or handing them out, creating the contracts. Uh, you, you that means more be, phone calls for me after the show, Josh. You would think Great. there'd be something in the language of it that would 
give give them an out. Oh, an I mean, there's there's got to be contract makers. You know, they're not they're not good dumb ones people. Don't, yeah, I mean, good contract makers don't. You know, put a deal into place that puts them at a disadvantage. All right, can I read a couple of texts then? Uh, yeah. I, I know that this goes against kind of the timeline of the show, but uh, I wanted to get your responses in on this. And it's a Cavens group, kind of a Thursday. Uh, we're usually on site at Cavens. We're in the Buffalo Wild Wing studios today. Cavensgroup.com. Uh, Gary's going to join us coming up potentially later on in the show. But for your water extraction, you know, they're the first phone call to make after you call the fire department. If you have fire issues, they'll clean it up. They'll take care of business for you. And roofing as well, cavensgroup.com. Drew writes, by the way, this reminded me, Drew England's had such good content on the show, I owe him a phone call out to this program. Drew writes, I look at it this way. We all have goals and dreams that we're all aiming for. The expectation, or the expectation and grind it takes can be overwhelming. The question we have to ask ourselves is why we do what we do in life. The why behind our choices matter, and it keeps us motivated and grounded. When the why burns out, it becomes tough to keep going. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like me in golf. I'm not going to end up on the senior tour, Josh. It's not going to happen. Kind of thought there was a stretch whenever I was in my, you know, early 30s and I was playing a lot. I thought, I got a chance here. That was a very fleeting wish. Sometimes that why burns out. But you know what? Still love golf. Jordy's why was nothing but softball. And as that started to become a little bit more hingent, uh, contingent, hingent, hinges, contingent, more contingent on, you know, hey, I'm, I'm needing my family here. I'm needing my support crew here. Obviously that expectation or that excitement level and that, I don't want to say desire, but just need changed quite a bit. It's a good point, Drew. Spoken like a coach. Um, True Sooner writes, I would have believed <laughs> I would have believed that Jaden Gibson was 6'11 before I believed Brent Venables using an F bomb in public. All right, here's a back on point. Sorry, I just saw that one and it's Parker Thune, you ruined my life last night with the six foot eleven thing. It was freaking hilarious when I saw it. But there was – was that last night or the night before? I think it was the night before, wasn't it? Uh, Maybe yeah, been last think, night. Yeah, I think yeah. it was yesterday. But I was cracking up whenever I saw – I didn't see the context of it. I was like, what? And then I saw the context of it, and I was like, that's great. That's really going to fool a lot of people. So that's what True Sooner's text was about. But here's two other quick ones uh, for the 405. Can we dial back student-athlete pressure in the unchecked NIL era? Boosters will want a return on NIL spending. Some athletes will thrive. Others need something else. Hmm. That is that is tough because a lot of that is really, really on point. And it's something we hear quite a bit. You know, I can remember there was I haven't heard from Kent Knuckles in a while, Josh. I hope Kent's doing well. But he pushed back, and I thought it was a fair point. He's like, listen, you're you're saying that be careful criticizing student-athletes, and this was pre-NIL, but how many years did you pay student loans? They're getting a free education, and, like, you try to pamper them whenever they're getting – now in the NIL era, that's what's taken, you know, my defense of, hey, 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 they're student-athletes. Calm down a little bit. Like, are they? Well, I just saw one driving a Ferrari, and he's the spokesperson of the dealership for him. I mean, suddenly – don't don't say you can't criticize whenever, 
you know, they're beyond just getting their education paid for, they're getting paid, period. You know, it's a, it's a whole, what's the term I'm looking for here, Josh? Like slippery slope of things. But yes. it's fair. Sooner Dougie. Plank, can we talk about the elephant in the room? I'm going to I'm going to wordsmith this, Dougie. The challenging process on the seating at Love's Field. They're projected to sell out tomorrow and they didn't even get to group 2, which is waiting list for tickets before the announcement of the new stadium, and they never would have got to group 3. Dougie I had a good conversation about this last night. And I understand the frustration, but there's a couple of things to keep in mind. Number one, keep grinding. I, I would keep trying. Number two, I the plan that was in place for capacity is it's a good plan, right? Because we're talking about still needing to raise money to finish Love's Field as it stands now in the initial plan. And then there's millions of millions that are being added to that as time progresses, that still need to be paid. And you can't add like, all right, well, listen, all right, all right, everybody stop. Let's go ahead and add 2,000 more seats. It's just, it's hard, 3,000 more seats and stuff. Now, I think there's always going to be work to be done where there's extra seating available, so I wouldn't get too frustrated. And I think there's also that realization, as frustrating as it is, man, I feel your pain, to where for years and years and years it was a real easy process, right? And now all of a sudden there's a new stadium, it's more expensive, and you're having to deal with people who have not been on that train as long as you have jumping in front of you. Or, or have, I completely understand, man. Completely understand. But it's taken a lot to finish this. A lot. And patience and understanding that they're doing everything they can. And they knew. Nothing about this is unexpected. I think everybody over at OU knew what was going to end up happening whenever this started to, to wheel out. But as hard as it is, man, and as frustrating as it is, I, th- I think everyone's going to be okay in the end. Pa- patience, which is a virtue that I, Josh Helmer, do not possess usually. Yeah, my Twitter feed blew up with this last night. A couple of DMs. Couple of, Folks had a cu- upset about season Yeah, tickets. I had a couple of text messages from really, really good fans. And, you know, it's just – it's unfortunate. But it's also – I don't think it's unexpected. And I think in the end, everyone's going to end up being happy. But I also think there has to be that realization that while increasing capacity and you know the incredible investment that's been made by Love's Travel Stops, there is a, a massive amount of money still being raised for this. And when people are able to help make that possible, I mean, come on, they're going to be – they're going to be given an, or having an opportunity probably that is needed in order to make sure that this project gets finished. In other words, they're probably going to skip ahead of you in line a bit. At least that's in my mind. If they make a right sizable right, right, right. contribution to get the job. And, and skip ahead of you in line is a part of it. I'm sure that when I was like, hey, all right, I want to be a part. I can give you a million dollars to the Love's Travel Stop. Or, I'm sorry, the Love's Field Project. I'm sure in part of that commitment, you want also to ensure that, hey, and I want, you know, in this million-dollar investment, I want four seeds. So I'm just saying that that's how I view where some of the understanding needs to be grasped. Not in a bad way, right? I'm not trying to be a jerk about this. I always want to reward the loyal. But there's still work to be done on this.
money wise and building wise, obviously. But I sooner Dougie, thanks for the uh text. I, I hope I hope you get the seat you want. I know you're probably not, and I know you're frustrated by it. But I think once you get in there, you're gonna realize, oh yeah, every one of these seats is pretty freaking awesome whenever you get in Love's Field. And uh one more from Clearwater Sooner. I wanted to read this one earlier because I wanted to make sure I was making that point that we were having about Jordy really clear that, hey, this is all about her wanting to go home. And regardless of what you see about the pressure and the, the pressure of you know winning and the pressure at Oklahoma, it's not meant as anything negative towards Oklahoma, right? I think, And I, I feel like maybe some of you, or maybe I didn't present it well, because Clearwater Sooner writes, I have to believe it was more homesick than pressure. Only because she seemed to handle the pressure brilliantly. She seemed at her best when the pressure was at its highest. Bases loaded, runners in scoring position, WCWS. She was money in all those positions. Agreed. And said as much. Agreed. But I would also, you know, we don't know what that was like for her away from the field. And then there was one more. I appreciate this from Robert and Hera. I appreciate and respect all that Jordy Ball did for you and the softball team. She is a phenomenal athlete in person. But as Coach Venables has said before, I want to talk about the guys who are here and who want to be here. The guys and gals who are wearing the OU uniforms. Fair enough. Fair enough. And we'll get there. I mean, the, the, the dust is getting to where it's about to settle on this. But there's one big piece coming out. And so when yeah. it's newsy, it's going to get talked yeah, about. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, I just I think it's – it needs to be hammered home that in all of this joy, that doesn't mean anything negative towards where she was being OU. All right. Uh, whoa. Mr. Sports. I'm sorry. I did not see you there on hold. How's it going, Mr. Sports? Mr. Plank. Mr. Sports. Are you there? I am here. Hey, Mr. Sports, okay. before you get to your uh, sports commentary, I have yes. a I have a farm question. Are you hearing that echo, or is that just yeah? Okay, anyway, it's fine. I can live with it, Mister Sports. How do yes. I get rid of a rooster that I'm done with? Am I allowed to just end it for him? Do I need to just let him go? What do I do to get rid of this cockadoodle doing, screaming, attacking me beast in my backyard? You know, it's it's very ironic, Chris, that you ask. This question, because before I got to my sports deal, I was going to ask you, I read on Twitter or talked to somebody or something that you were a rooster guy, and I had to find out about this rooster. Well, evidently, I found out. Yeah. All right, answer to your question, um, well, they could become freezer camp real quick. Okay, um, all right. Fair. You know, or or you can uh, you can just put it on Facebook Marketplace and give them away. Uh, really? Yeah, people will take them, you know, unless you want to get a little investment. I mean, uh, I'm not trying to get. I just, if someone wants to take the thing, buy. I'll see you. Oh my gosh! What kind, of, what, what kind of rooster is it? Am I entering like Michael Vick kind of territory here, Josh? I just had this moment where, you know, Mister uh, Mister Sports. I'm not accusing you, but I just had this mindset where I was like, Am I entering Boss Hog into a world? Then maybe he was meant for if I put him on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> and am I putting myself in some sort of do, do you have chickens as well? Yeah, yeah. I got ten Yeah, I got ten chickens. I got ten oh, chickens got and oh, yeah. okay. Well then your superstar status then. Yeah, we're getting there. Well well, here's the thing, you know, uh, you don't have to have a roo to get eggs, obviously. Uh but you gotta have a roo in order to get chicks. So if you're not gonna you know, if you're not gonna raise any chicks, I would either give it away. What kind of rooster is it? He's he's big, strong rooster. Big, strong like, rooster. I, like I, what color is it? 
It's uh it's the color of a rooster. I don't know, like orange with a or lightly orange or head, whatever. I'll uh, okay. I'll like put a, a picture like a Rhode Island red or something. Yeah, you, yeah. I'll put sure. a picture on Twitter. Okay, and uh, I'll respond to it. Uh, I might just take it off your hands for you. All right, we, there you go. <laughs> well, we raise a lot of fowl and stuff to uh, uh, supplement our sanctuary rescue efforts that we do for that for the farm animals, and and so Look we sell, we buy, and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, that's what I was going to ask Saved you. But yeah, I'll help you out, my friend. Now, you know, for the first week or so, as Jordy was gone, uh, you know, everybody was. Hey, you know, we're glad, happy for you. Wah, wah, wah. Now the doubters come out. I, I just don't understand it. I mean, this, this young lady gave everything to the university and, and, you know, let her go have fun and be a person and graduate and, and just leave it all. Now, last thing, Chris. Yeah. I have a, I have an acquaintance mm-hmm. that is pretty close to NIL type stuff. Enough. He's got fairly substantial knowledge. And what he told me in a conversation here, oh, several months ago, that if you have an NIL deal, say, with Microsoft, right, and you transfer to Florida State, well, chances are Microsoft's going to keep your deal. But if you are a, you know, just a Joe Blow company or something in Norman, then because if you remember, when Spencer Rattlerhead left for South, South Carolina, he had a pickup and a car. And he had to return both of those before he left. So I, I don't think that the I don't think the NIL the local NIL deals drag on to the next school you go to. Mm. Uh, but now that's what that's what this 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 friend has told me. Now we can take it for what it's worth. As far as Georgia's concerned, you know she's not going to leave the greatest program in the country for an NIL deal. This is. This is clear cut that she wanted to go home. If you look at the pictures that she posts and stuff and everything, you see nothing but smiles and happiness and, hey, I'm back with my family. I wish her the best. i tell you what I'm looking forward to. I'm going to leave you with this, Chris. i tell you what I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Nebraska putting together a pretty dang good team behind her. And let's face Jordy in the World Series. Thanks we'll for see you guys. Feel a little bit better about getting my chicken, my rooster issue. We got a rooster guy. Did we turn off the AC in this joint? Uh, yeah, I think they had to. So I'm not. I'm not just like cooking in here. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know you're. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's definitely still on. Okay. Well, I'm. Over, the door is open for the next segment. By God. All right. Quick break. When we come back, uh, good text messages. I do want to get to some draft. Uh, I, okay. Okay. Cold Cuban. Enough. I'm getting enough. Oh, Jordy's not here anymore. Okay. I'm just. My point in bringing it up is to prepare y'all that anything you read or see is not supposed to be negative towards Oklahoma. That's all That's all it is. That's all I brought up. It's led to this whole show. But when we come back, what Cole Kubelik said about Oklahoma's like readiness for the SEC, it, I think it's the cut that Tyler put on Twitter yesterday. We'll share it with you next right here on The Ref. Draft excitement meter. Zero being minimal couldn't care less. I don't think I need to explain. Ten. Where's Josh Elmer right now? Well, I am going to the Oklahoma City Zoo's sip, sip and stroll tonight. Ooh, fancy. Yes. So I will not be taking the uh, NBA draft. Are you then. allowed to follow on your phone while you're sipping and strolling or nah? Yeah, my my girlfriend won't be there, so that gives me oh, permission. Okay, I'd be the same way. It's like, you're going by yourself? Yeah, it's like, I'll basically be you. On my phone the whole I'll time. I'll be dialed in. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens, but uh, 
you know, it's not a 10 out of 10 on the scale for me, but I want to know what OKC is going to do. I'm curious where, uh, you know, some folks that we've followed, where's where's Grady Dick from Kansas going to wind up? For me, uh, on the Iowa side, Chris Murray should go in the first round somewhere. There's a lot of smoke about Golden State. So, sure, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what this next crop of future NBA stars, where they uh, wind up. I wonder what the um, over-under is on projected trades tonight. And I don't even mean just, oh, the third pick has been traded for the fifth pick, like what you had with Luka and, and Trey Young. I wonder if you're going to see some big – I feel like every NBA draft now, they tease us with hearing some major moves are possible and then nothing happens, right? It's like, ooh, big major move. They draft. And anymore, we're giving up on lottery picks pretty quick. Like, I, I heard the um, – oh, why, why am I blanking on the Rockets guy that they drafted two years ago? It's like, I hear he could be on the move. It's like, he's been in the league for like two years. What are we doing? It's almost, it's almost like NBA talent eval- or GMs. It's like, oh, if you know, you know. If it's not there after two seasons, we got to move on from you. But I, I, I bring up the meter because I don't think I'm near a 10. I don't think I'm quite a 5. But my excitement level, Josh, is middle of the road. right? I, okay, is it fair to say I might be more intrigued by what's going on with veteran players tonight than I am with this current draft class? Is that a fair statement? At least I feel like that is for me. And I feel like that's where most of the excitement is in this draft because it's when Bignana and, I mean, have we really talked about anything outside of uh, the elite guys and Scoot as far as prospects? Unless you're really nerding out. I feel like like I'm watching Get Up right now, and they just did a segment on when Bignana, now it's debating Zion Williamson's future. And I don't gauge everything by what happens on ESPN, but – it almost seems as if most of the buzz is around current players and who might be moving up or down involving deals with said current players. Yeah, no, I think that's fair to say. Who uh, who beyond Wimbenyana are you really intrigued to see like the rest of the top five play out? It sounds like Brandon Miller, some serious steam sure. at number two. Yep, and I, I, I don't know if that's just – I don't know if that's an attempt to try to get – Portland to move up to two because apparently they want Scoot or I guess that wouldn't be a very good attempt to get Portland to move up to two. Maybe to fool them a little bit that they're letting that out there so Portland doesn't try to move up to two. That would be right. So you you don't worry about the Hornets grabbing Scoot Henderson from you. Uh, I'm, I'm really big on the college guys. Cason Wallace is a guy out of Kentucky. I'm intrigued to see if he's a top ten dude tonight. And then I love Cam Whitmore. I love Cam Whitmore. I hope he ends up with the Thunder at 12. I think Cam Whitmore is a stud. What uh, What is OKC going to do? Don't know. And I think that's the only proper answer that you can have. Even though last year, when, when did Giddy get drafted? Two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. We nailed that. We knew, We told you Giddy was getting drafted yeah, by the Thunder. You were all over it. Thank you, Rick Kamla. But I don't know, dude. I would love to see them knowing what's ahead of them. Right? You, you've got... At least the rights to them. And I don't know how they, they translate as far as, you know, protections off the top of my head. But you got four first next year, four first the following year, two after that, two after that. I mean, you've got four years where you've got just in that math 12 first round picks. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's time to start packaging some right. stuff. Right. Right. I don't know why Denver got back in the first round. I found that interesting. I wonder 
I wonder whom they've promised something to or maybe who they saw. Maybe they saw a, a Jokic-type talent and realized we can't wait until where we are in the second round. And they've been pretty good at identifying it. But I would say I'm at about a seven right now for tonight's NBA draft. And it will continue to grow as the show goes on. All right, it's 1035. Yesterday, Cole Kublik was on with Josh and I. And we got into where Oklahoma is as far as readiness for the SEC. Okay, wait From for what it. you've seen, there I am, Cole. Wait, hold on. Why do I have my question there? Let's make this easy. Let's make this easy. Sorry. Offensively, not much. Uh, I mean, I, I think offensively, they're pretty much there. And then uh, from a skill player perspective on offense, you know, I don't think it's a, it's a situation where they're not going to be able to run past people or separate or get open. And physically, I think we know what Bill Beatonville's done with that offensive line uh, for a long time. We've seen the guys who have gone in the draft. I mean, we've seen Creed Humphrey just win a Super Bowl. We, we know what those guys have done at the next level. We know what they've done at the Big 12 level, winning the Joe Moore Award. I don't think that side of the football really has any concerns. And, and that includes this upcoming season where you lost two of your best players. Um, but when I went and studied those guys, and, and I see the athleticism of Tyler Guyton at right tackle, like, woo, buddy. Uh, I, if he stays healthy, he's going to be fun to watch this year. And, and Walter Roos, who's coming in from Stanford at left tackle, like he is a mammoth. Um, I do think fundamentally he's got a little bit of improvement that still could come his way, but like those two are going to be solid. Um, and then defensively, I think there's, there is a long way to go. Uh, I think there's a pretty big gap. And, and I'll say this, it's interesting right now in the SEC, Chris, I, I think that we, I think we're, we are pretty down as far as defensive linemen goes, especially interior defensive linemen. It's, it's just not what it was five or six years ago. There's a chance we get back to it a little bit this year, like Mason Smith coming back for LSU. He was hurt in the first game against Florida State last year. Like He's a guy that I think could be big time, like Joshua Harris, the transfer from NC State that's going to Ole Miss. Like he's a big, physical, prototypical, what I think about when I see SEC defensive linemen that can make a difference. And that, that doesn't always mean 20 tackles for loss. Making a difference can be, you know, allowing your linebackers to run free and not be blocked and stay clean and be able to make plays. So um, it's not what it was a couple of years ago. I do think that there are a couple of guys coming on. Like, he Otis at Alabama is going to be big time. Uh, and those are the guys that I see that I watch on a regular basis that I, I don't know if Oklahoma has enough of right now. And, you know, I know the Rondell Voitra kid who's coming in from Wake. Like, he, he's a high-motor, high-energy guy. Uh, but I don't view him as a, as a difference maker, as, as someone who's just going to rip up the edge and you know, give you a problem on every single play mm-hmm. and be a first-round draft pick. So, on that side of the ball, yes, I would say that there are there's a pretty big gap that's going to need to be made up. I, I just – again, that, that little – Easter egg in there is the idea of the talent being down on the defensive line to a level that we haven't seen since, you know, the highs of the 2000 and what, 18 and 17, 17, 18, 19, pre-COVID. But I don't know. I, I don't know if that made me feel a little bit better or worse defensively because I also – know that Brent Venables bringing in the dudes that we as Gabe likes to say more large humans larger humans big dudes but I'm uh I mean this is a conversation for probably next offseason more in depth right whenever we're sitting here and you know you're on the cusp of that SEC schedule that we've seen I don't know it kind of made me feel I think a little bit better going forward for OU in that hey you've seen the 
you know, the guys who typically would wait a couple of years and groom at Bama and at Georgia, while they've done a good job of retention, you've started to see them leave and go other places. I don't know, how, how did you feel about Cole's perspective on where Oklahoma is as far as its SEC readiness and then the lack of true dominating talent that we've seen on the interior and how it's decreased in the SEC, too, over the last few years? I think it's probably how most Oklahoma fans feel. Mm-hmm. It's what we've said is offense, probably pretty close. Defense, need more Adebares, need some David Stones. Uh, what what's going to happen with Ashton Sanders? Is that somebody that develops into a legitimate uh, defensive uh, tackle in the SEC? You know, somebody like Rondell Bothroyd going to be gone after this year, right? So that's you know, you know, Bothroyd's not really coming to the SEC with you, anyways. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. I think Bothroyd's going to be fantastic for Oklahoma this year. I really do. I guess maybe I should start thinking less and less about my excitement level of some of the guys on the interior based on how many we've seen brought in over the last couple of months. But, yeah, I don't know, dude. I made me feel a little bit better about things. Quick break. We'll come back, hit the best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I'm all in on a potential dream matchup in the College World Series as well that we'll talk about next on The Wrap. I I want to address this real quick just because – in some of the and I and I appreciate your guys reaching out and I'm gonna do everything I can to help get answers for you about the loves loves field and kind of the ticket situation that has been I know frustrating for some. I saw one text on this and it was should have never built it this size should have built it like ten thousand. Now I'm not sitting here telling you that I I disagree with you right everyone I build more I build more but. Okay, let's let's take a moment to just think about the cost of that. And you're looking at Love's Field, where it is now, with a seating capacity for 3,000 that could, could grow, right? And that growth will be very interesting, interesting, from a seating perspective. Because I do think... That while it might be frustrating now, I think everyone's going to be okay in the end. I know that's not the easiest way to put it, but I, I, you're going to get in. But I would also add, Josh, for those who should have built 10,000, should have built 7,000. I'm like, well, then you're getting into like an extraordinary, an extraordinary amount of money that just it, it's not possible. Now, do I think that we could get 10000 every week for OU softball? Yes, because I love them, and I think they're amazing. But in reality, you've got to build financially smart. You've got to build you know, from a, a seating capacity. You've got to have it fit within a, a number that is doable. And Love's Field has been so generous to help make this the reality that it is. But if you're minus, hey, well, how much more would it have been for 5,000 seats? It would have been significantly more. Well, I heard that they said that they were expanding seating. Well, it's we got to get the thing paid for first, and then we can start talking about where that flexibility might be. And also, I would step back and say this, too, and I'm not diminishing the necessity for an incredible fan experience, but they're also wanting to create and are creating an incredible, an incredibly, f- what should I, what should I say? 
an incredibly solid focus on the team facility part of this too. That's going to be state of the art and unlike anything we've ever seen from a team facility perspective too. So just keep that in mind. I know it's frustrating, but just maintain patience. I think it's all going to work out okay in the end. And Oklahoma had expected this too. I don't think anything from this, your frustration or, or their understanding of your frustration is surprising at all. Never. And also, as the 405 put it, never build the church for Easter Sunday. Bravo. Never build the church for Christmas Eve crowds. You build it to where it's always a challenge to get in. But also, in this instance, you build it where it's budgetarily, financially feasible. And once you get it all taken care of, built, paid, then I think you can start seeing some some ways in which that seating capacity can increase. All right, quick break. When we come back, hit your text. I know I promised it there, but we got way far behind on the Cole Kublik recap. Got our top five stories of the day. It's a Thursday. As always, it's brought to you by Cavens Group. We may be in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings studio today, but we're always with our crew out at Cavens. Uh, Water damage, drying services, 24-7, 365 emergency services, mold damage and removal, fire and smoke damage, crime scene cleanup. They've got you covered. Cavensgroup.com. It's Plank Show. Juicy Josh Pate's tweet. At the start of this show, Josh Pate tweeted, Adelaide Kick Josh on Twitter, Steel Man, your show's set, buddy. Josh Pate tweeted, what is your opinion of Lincoln Riley? Um, let me see. Last checked, I think he had, um, let's see here, 555 responses in a couple of hours. And I'm just, I can't stop laughing at him. A lot of them are from Oklahoma fans, I'm sure. It is, but th- this was my personal favorite. Literally, all he asked was, hey, what's your opinion of him? A lot of photoshops. I'm going to, so, someone with that meme. <laughs> Of the person holding up the sign that says, come outside, we not gun jump you, which I laughed at. <laughs> uh, great offensive mind, just keep him away from the smoker. Uh, Cody Nagel wrote, unselfish, basically let OSU win the Bedlam game in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> but this one was the one that cracked me up. That's pretty good. It's a USC fan, grateful Trojan who writes, you're getting scared, Josh? Trying to cook up some negativity towards Lincoln. Like you have said, when OSU is rolling, it's unstoppable. You're trying to prevent that? I'm like, oh, gosh, poor poor USC fan, man. They're hoodwinked. They're, they're, they're in it right now. Gosh, buddy, easy. I think there's some USC fans that understand they got some serious defensive problems. I could uh, send you one of our shows from 2017 if you would like. You can listen to it, maybe re-air it. But I'm not – I'm not going to live in there. I just had, I was like, let me look and see what these are like. I'm fine. Move on. As Did someone it. said earlier, as someone said earlier, Josh Helmer, it's time to talk about who's here and who's not. Jog my memory. Did Lincoln fire a couple of assistants when he was at OU? Yeah. Well, Mike Stoops, right? Which that was sort of almost like that was there before he took it over. So anybody else? Which that's I'm not saying that was easy. That that was difficult. I don't think so. I mean, we could debate whether or not Ruffin McNeil was fired, but I don't know if Lincoln would have done that as much as I don't know if he was told to, or I don't know if Ruffin was just like, man, I'm not doing anything. Well, all of which is to say, I mean, he's got a tough choice. It seems 
well, maybe not that tough of a choice. He's got he's got a decision to make on Alex Grinch, it would appear. Yeah, oh, ex- I, I mean, if, if this is not improved, I mean, he's he's got to make a change there. It's If he's serious. If he's serious, right. He's got to make a move. All right, um, so many good text messages. I don't even know where to where to start. Uh, Big Rich, God, Big Rich, put them all in in one text. Three thousand less tickets, one thousand a year, three million. But you can't look at it that way, Big Rich. I mean, you're you're trying you're trying to guarantee things that are four to five years down the road that we just can't. You know, you can't live in that world. You want to. You want to believe that. We want to get this built now. And I just think for the fight of should have been 10,000 seats or should have been 8,000 seats, I'm not saying you're wrong, but just for what they were financially able to do, this is what they came up with, and this is the number they came up with. You don't think there's a a different way to, to build it and have some sort of payback program or something? I mean, Or, or oh, you didn't want to go that route? I don't know. I, I, I don't have an answer to that, and I wouldn't know what that would look like. But I do know I do know there is a lot of commitment in that acreage and that plan to team facilities. And I don't know how that affects capacity, if at all or what, but the amount of investment that's being made in the development and the well-being of the student-athletes pretty – I know everyone hates to hear that phrase – but it's a pretty major part of this project. And not just building a state-of-the-art stadium – but a state-of-the-art team facility beyond just, you know, what is a nice facility that they had beyond the right field uh, foul area. Yeah, I got it. I mean, there's a lot to it that's not just 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 seats. Right, exactly. (laughs) I know, I saw that too. The person that said Lincoln needed to be in that submarine, really, really, really big. Kind of pull back a little bit. Calm down. All right, it's Plank Show. Top five stories next.